Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 242. Recently, I have been asked to use a podcast to go over the way that I have divided biblical history and the last 2,000 years of history as it relates to the Holy Land. And I am going to do that today, so I want to encourage you to take some notes if you are at a place where you can. If not, uh, listen to the podcast again, maybe, or two or three times so that you can get these dates down in your mind. And more than the dates, what they point to is the acting and working of God in human history as it relates to Israel, as it relates to the Jewish people, to the land of the Bible. In the scriptures, the land and the people of the book are inexorably linked. That's right. Sometimes God even gives personality to the land. It can be grieved. It can spit something out. It can mourn. It can be happy. And even the trees can clap their hands and the rocks cry out. And the Jewish people are linked over and over again with the land itself. And so it's almost that without the land, the promises of God are not complete to his people. And so what I want to do is break down the Old Testament for you, but not just the Old Testament, but the intertestamental period called the silent years, and then run through the last 2,000 years of world history as it relates to the Holy Land and those who were in the land. And so I'm going to take two podcasts probably to do this. And so hold on, here we go. I break down the entire Old Testament into 10 time periods. Now, in our English Bibles, there are 39 books, and those 39 books, almost 40, can be broken down into 10 time periods, and it will follow the breakdown of the Septuagint. Now, the Septuagint was written 270 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. It was written and translated in the land of Egypt, in the city of of Alexandria, uh, where the greatest library in the world had been assembled. Of course, that's where the uh, Delta Diluvian fan is, where the Nile River runs into uh, the Mediterranean, and so papyra is everywhere there. And so, of course, that's where paper comes from, and where you have writing material and writers, then you will have a library. And so, it was the greatest library of the ancient world, and it was there that the Septuagint was commissioned, that is, to translate the Hebrew scriptures into the Koine Greek, the language of the day. Our divisions in our English Bibles are taken from the Septuagint, not from the Hebrew, which has three divisions, the law, the prophets, and the writings, the Torah, the instruction of God. The word Torah doesn't mean law. It means instruction. And if you use it that way, then it makes a whole lot more sense because it is more than just the Ten Commandments. It's more than just the ceremonial law. It is the instruction of God Almighty, and that's why it's important 
important, and that's why it's relative to us today. Keeping the Torah was never meant to bring about salvation. Salvation has always been by trusting in the Word of God and the promises of God and His promised Redeemer. That's always been the way that people are saved, whether it was in the older Testament or in this modern day in which we're living since the cross and the resurrection of Jesus and his ascension. And so it's important that we understand the divisions of the Bible that Jesus used. It was the Torah. It was the uh, Nebim and the Ketuvim the law, the prophets, and the writings, the instruction, the prophets, and the writings. That's talked about, for instance, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, I think it's verse 44, where Jesus uses these three divisions, and he just mentions Psalms because it was the first of the books in the Ketavim, in the section called the writings. And so he talks about the Torah, the Nebim, and the Ketavim. And so uh, when we come to the Septuagint, it is divided differently. And so I'm following that because that's what our English Bibles was taken from as far as the order of the books. Everything I date from really... Uh, 2100 B.C., because 2100 B.C. is a rounded-off number, because everything before that took place in Genesis chapter 1 through 11. Genesis 1 through 11 is what I call the primeval period. That is uh, everything that happened before 2100 B.C. Again, that's a rounded-off number, because that's approximately Abraham's date. I date Abraham specifically at 2166, and there's a reason for that, and I'll be happy happy to talk with you about. It's just biblical chronology, dating uh, the patriarchs and uh, dating from the time of Moses and going backwards to Abraham, we come to 2166. But I just, from a rounded off number, take you to 2100 as the great divide. And everything that happened before 2100, I call the primeval period. That's the creation. That's the flood. That's the Tower of Babel, everything that's before. The uh, Second period, I call the patriarchal period. As you know, patros and arche make up the word patriarch. That means father leaders, father rulers. That is Genesis 12 through 50, and the book of Job was written during that time as well. But I date the patriarchal period from 2100 B.C. down to 1500 B.C., and often people ask me, why do you call that the patriarchal period? The patriarchs were during that time period, but it was a patriarchal society after that and was during the days of Jesus and onward. Well, that's true, but the patriarchs played an important role during this time period and before that they did not play afterwards as it relates to the people of Israel. You see, after uh, the Exodus, uh, the next period that we're going to look at, everything changed because before that time, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all of the sons of Israel, they were looked upon as not just the father leaders, but the priest. They were the ones that did the sacrifices. That's why I date uh, Job during the uh, patriarchal period because when you open up the book of Job, he is sacrificing in chapter 1 for his family. And that tells us it was during that patriarchal period. Now, that was unheard of after the Exodus because God said, I don't want everybody sacrificing. I don't want everybody acting as a priest. I'm setting aside one tribe and one family out of that tribe to be the priest and the Levites to all of the people, and that is the tribe of Levi. So everybody couldn't be a priest. Everybody wasn't a 
priest. God said, I've designated one tribe, one family out of that tribe to be the priest for all the people. And so the patriarchal period, as far as them, the fathers being priests, ended at that time in the nation of Israel. So I date that from 2100 B.C. to 1500 B.C. The third period is the period of Exodus. The period of the echodas, uh, that's a compound word in the Greek text. Ek is the preposition out or out of. Hodas is the word for way, road, path. And so you have the echodas, the way out, the path out. And that's what is recorded in the period of the Exodus. The Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomos, Arithmoi. Uh, of course, the Levitical code that is written in the book of Leviticus. I date that time period from 1500 to 1400. I date the Exodus at 14. 1446. 1446, and I date that from uh, the passage in the Kings that talks about Solomon and the number of years it was from the time of the Exodus. And all of this uh, chronology makes sense, and that's why I date Abraham at 2166. And so the period of the conquest. I date the period of the conquest, that is, when Joshua led the children of Israel into the promised land to conquer it from 1400, actually 1405 to 1375, when the people had to go in and fight for the land. They took the land, and God blessed them, and they were able to take the land, but they didn't take all of it, and and they didn't conquer all the land. They didn't do what God said to do. As a matter of fact, Jerusalem, Jerusalem was not conquered until the time of David, even though it was a part of the lower uh, southern end of the tribe of Benjamin, they could never conquer it. So it became kind of a no man's land, a DMZ between the tribe of Benjamin and the uh, tribe of Judah. Judah to the south, Benjamin to the north of Jerusalem, but it was technically a part of the tribe of Benjamin. This is one of the reasons it was a masterful stroke for David to locate the new capital in this Jebusite city of Jerusalem, Zion, Zion, Mount Moriah, because of its significance, not only in the past, but its significance that would be in the future. But it was in the land of Benjamin. And Benjamin, as you know, was the tribe that Saul, the first king, came from. And there was a king that was ruling there that David had to deal with from uh, one of Saul's sons. And so when he moved the capital there, it was a uniting political factor and a stroke of genius that David showed great leadership in moving the capital from Hebron, which was the capital of the tribe of Judah, into this no man's land, which was the southern border of Benjamin. So the period of conquest ended uh, in 1375, and from that period, the fifth period is the period of the Judges. And uh, that, of course, covers the book of Judges and the book of Ruth, which is uh, at the end of the book of Judges because it is the segue to the Samuel Kings and Chronicles material. And the purpose of the book of Ruth is not only, uh, of course, to introduce a beautiful love story and the kinsman redeemer and the Goel story, but also primarily historically to introduce King David and the and the line of Jesse through Boaz and Ruth. And so the period of Judges lasted from 1375 down to 1051. Saul would have been inaugurated king in 1051, and that introduced the period of the United Kingdom. 
And that covered a period from 1051 to 931. Solomon died in 931. You add on 40 years, and that'll get you to uh, 1071. From uh, That's the time that Solomon uh, reigned. And from 971 to 1011 is when David reigned. And from 1011 to 1051 is when Saul reigned. And each one reigned 40 years. David reigned seven years in Hebron and then 33 years in Jerusalem before Solomon, his son, took over at his death. And so that's the period of the United Kingdom when all of Israel was together. At the death of Solomon, the kingdom split in two, ten tribes north, and of course Judah to the south. Simeon had been made a part of Judah by that time. But the death of Solomon uh, inaugurated the period of the divided kingdom, and it lasted from 931 at Solomon's death to 722 B.C., when the northern kingdom, whose capital was Samaria, was overrun and captured by the Assyrians. And as you recall, they came on down and tried to take Judah, the capital city of Jerusalem, but Hezekiah prayed, and God heard his prayer and killed 186,000 crackers. Assyrian troops and sent them back as whip puppies back to Nineveh. And you can read about that in the Samuel Kings and Chronicles material. And so the divided kingdom lasted from 931 to 722 B.C. And in 722 B.C., you have the period instituted of the single kingdom, just the kingdom of Judah. And that lasted until 586 B.C. In 586 B.C., that is when the great temple that Solomon built was destroyed by the Babylonians, the Neo-Babylonians led by King Nebuchadnezzar, the son of the great Nabopolassar. So the kingdom of Judah went into full captivity in 586. The first phase had been in 605 when Daniel, Azariah, Hananiah, Mishael were taken captive, four of the blue bloods and the best of all of Judah. And then 597, the second phase, Ezekiel was taken. Jeremiah was left in Jerusalem in 586. Uh, The temple was destroyed completely. And for 70 years, they were without a central worship center in the full captivity was in play. Seventy years later in 516, led by Zerubbabel, built the second temple. And uh, we'll cover that in just a moment. But often people say to me, well, what is the 70 years of captivity? Well, the 70 years of captivity is the time when Israel was without a central worship center. That is 586 to 516. That's a period of 70 years. Now, some people date that from 605 to when the first phase of the captivity started until 535, when enough of the captives had uh, followed the decree of Cyrus and come back in to Jerusalem, about 50,000 people, and laid the foundation of the temple in 535. And that gives you 70 years. Either way you want to do it is uh, fine with me, but God is faithful to his promises, and after 70 years, uh, the captivity ended, and whenever you want to end that, that's fine with me. All I'm saying is the temple being destroyed and rebuilt is the key markers in that period of the captivity. And so you have the period of the exile during that. And then the period of the restoration, that started from 539 B.C. at the decree of Cyrus is when I date the exiles beginning to return. They got about a year together and about 50,000 people returned in three years and went back out of all the captives.
captives. They had been blessed and exiled and became a people that had divine favor with Cyrus. And Cyrus uh, freed them to go back and to build the temple, commissioned them to do so, paid for it to be done, sent back what Nebuchadnezzar had taken away. That was the period of restoration, and I date that from 539 to 400 B.C. And so the period of restoration is 539 to 400 B.C. In our next podcast, I will pick up with the period of the Babylonians, go through the Persian period, the Greek period, the Roman period, the Byzantine period, the early Muslim period, the Crusader period, the Mameluke period, the Ottoman period, then the uh, British Mandate, and then the State of Israel 1948. We'll give you dates on those so that you can have those. And if you want material on that, all you have to do is write to questions at TonyCrisp.org, questions at TonyCrisp.org, or go to the website TonyCrisp.org. Go to resources under the menu and you can download this. It should be on there by the time next week rolls around. I think it's already on there, but I have all 21 uh, time periods that you can download. There is a form that you can uh, have for notes and so forth so you can teach this yourself. That's my goal is for people to hear these podcasts, follow uh, the teachings on Bible time and all we do around the country and in Israel overseas so that we can train the next generation in the historical, geographical, linguistic, cultural, contextual preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Thank you for listening to On The Way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.